0: I've always seen leadership as a way of living out my passion and as a way of finding others who are equally passionate about that and figuring out how do we come together in a way that moves issues forward.
1: Around the world, women are unlocking an equal future for everyone. They are breaking stereotypes, fighting inequality, and leading boldly in places where historically women were left out. You are listening to World Women in Charge, a podcast that shares stories of women around the world who are challenging the status quo and shattering the glass ceiling to lead the change. I'm your host, Rupa Dash, the CEO of World Women Foundation. This episode is produced in collaboration with Organon. Organon is a global healthcare company dedicated to making a world of difference for women, their families, and the communities they care for. Today's guest is Helene Gale. President and CEO of the Chicago Community Trust. Helene is originally from Buffalo, New York.
0: And grew up in a family that put a real focus on how to make sure that we attained academic excellence, but also you know, real focus on how do we give back and make a contribution to society. And, you know, I think that really influenced me as well as my other siblings in terms of how we thought about what we should do and how we could make a difference in the world.
1: Studying medicine became Helen's way of making a difference in the world.
0: I think people's health and how that uh, enables people to work and be effective contributors to society, you know, health is pretty fundamental. So I focused on medicine, but early on in my career, really uh, recognized that, you know, I really wanted to be able to have an impact at a societal level. And, you know, while individual clinical practice allows you to help people one at a time, I got very interested in public health, which, you know, really looks as at your, um, the, the uh, unit of change, if you will, is populations versus individuals.
1: Helen received a master's in public health. She went on to work at the Centers for Disease Control, the United States Public Health Agency.
0: As I always say, I went for two years in a um, epidemiology and public health training program and stayed for 20 felt like this was really my professional home to focus on the issues of population health and how do we prevent people from getting preventable illnesses and particularly looking at disparities in health and how do you really help to look at issues that impact populations, but not just from the medical toolbox but how do you think more broadly about the things that influence people's health and therefore people's livelihoods and and well-being overall that focus on kind of the broader what we now call the social determinants of health led me to focus on issues of poverty both globally as well as here in the united states
1: Helen is particularly interested in the social determinants of health.
0: So, the social determinants of health are really, uh, in many ways, the root causes to what makes a difference in our health status here and around the world. And so much of our focus on health disparities often looks at access to health and health services. But, you know, we now know that the larger portion of what Uh, influences people's health status, it's more linked to things like the ability to have a living wage and an income that supports your family, access to high-quality education, um, clean environment, safety, uh, public safety, and lack of um, uh, violence and issues that uh, have an impact on your everyday existence—you um, know whether or not the water you drink is is clean, whether or not there are environmental pollutants in the environment, access to nutritious foods, etc. So all these things, particularly education and income, uh, are such huge drivers and really predict a lot more of uh, unequal health status than a lot of the things that we think about. Traditionally, around access to health and um, you know access to health services. So you know this notion that the social determinants of health probably make up sixty to eighty percent of what determines people's health outcomes um, really led me to think that if I wanted to have an impact on health disparities, I could probably make a bigger impact by focusing on some of these social determinants of health. How you live, how you work, you know, the environments that you are part of, all these things make a, a bigger difference in the long run and are more determinant of health outcomes than your access to health services.
1: After almost two decades at the Centers for Disease Control, Helene moved on to work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. She is now focused on addressing the root causes of health inequities as the CEO of the Chicago Community Trust.
0: I absolutely never would have imagined when I started out in a career in medicine um, that one day I would lead a global poverty fighting organization or a community foundation. You know, none of these are things that I really envision, but I really felt like keeping options open that are linked to the things that matter the most to you has always been rewarding for me because in some ways, the next right step always seems to present itself. People all talk about, do you have your five-year plan? Do you have your 10-year plan? Uh, I've never had one. I've really just been guided by the things that matter to me, the passions that I have, you know, and my commitment to social justice and equity and the issues that are uh, linked to that.
1: Helene sees her leadership as an expression of what she cares most about. For me,
0: leadership has never been about wanting to be a leader, if you will, but really about Things that I feel passionate about, and how do you bring those to be? You know, how do you actually make sure that the things that you care the most about actually get acted upon? And so I've always seen leadership as a way of living out my passion and as a way of finding others who are equally passionate about that and figuring out how do we come together in a way that moves issues forward. Um, I've always thought of myself as, you know, not um, being out there on my agenda, but how do you really bring people together around the things that we feel in common, that we feel passionate about, and, you know, figure out how we move those agendas forward. So I really believe very much in, you know, kind of, a shared model of leadership, understanding that when you're the leader, particularly as a or- leader of an organization, you know, there is a point in which the accountability uh, is yours and how you make things happen. You're the person who is charged with moving that forward. But it's really about bringing a vision alive and doing that in a way that really um resonates not just with you but with the people who have an equal and similar passion.
1: For Helene, listening to others is an essential part of leadership.
0: For me, one of the most important attributes of a leader is the ability to listen and not to just hear but to actually listen and to um, take from that listening, you know, lessons that others have to offer. You know, I think we're all better leaders when it is not an individual endeavor, but when we're, we're bringing the best that people have to offer together. And so I think a lot of that is about listening and hearing and actually being able to see people where they are, meet them where they are, and figure out how you bring all that together in ways that make us all better as a result of that.
1: has succeeded in her career because she knows how to embrace her failures.
0: I think embracing one's failure is the best way to continue to have growth. You know, people talk about fail fast. I think we're all afraid of failure. Uh, We don't want to make mistakes, but I think failures are when we learn the most. And so embrace our failures, learn from them, and keep it moving. You know, I think I would um, tell my younger self to be willing to be more vulnerable and to not feel um, like you're held to a a, um, standard of perfection. You know, I think we all learn better when we make mistakes. And I think that like a lot of particularly girls, I think we're given the idea that we've got to be perfect and, you know, um, we can't let others down. You know, and I think it sometimes stands in in the way of, you know, true and authentic growth. So, you know, I think the more we can be vulnerable, the more we can accept our imperfections, uh, the more we will learn and continue to evolve.
1: Helene learns every day. Of the disadvantages women face in the healthcare system,
0: for women, and this is not just here in the United States but around the world, oftentimes women put their health needs on the back burner. Women are uh, caregivers; they're the ones who, you know, nurture families and communities, and oftentimes do put their own needs on the back burner. So, you know, I think overall you know, elevating the needs of women is critical and the needs of women um, and their health needs. But, you know, thinking about the whole life cycle of women, because of the whole um, reality of what women face as mothers, as um, the ones who bear children, all of these things really have a huge influence on women and their health. We need to have more focus on what is the life cycle of women and their health and how do we make sure that we are recognizing the unique needs of women and all that women go through as a result of this incredible unique opportunity that women have to be um, the bearer of children and all that goes with that as we think about reproductive health and making sure that women have the health that they need, but also as more and more women are entering the workplace and dealing with the dual stresses of being uh, mothers and caregivers, but also being very uh, front and center in the workforce. How do we make sure that women have the kind of support that they need to continue to be healthy at all Phases of the life cycle and with the multiple roles that I think women play in our
1: societies. Helene recognizes that we have a long way to go when it comes to improving women's health.
0: If we look at health and women and girls around the world and here in this country, clearly issues related to reproduction and sexual health are huge for girls and women, but so are um, increasingly other issues, uh, whether it's cancers or heart disease. Uh, There's a whole range of things that just disproportionately impact girls and women around the world because of the biologic uniqueness that girls and women have, but also because of social status. You know, I work for decades on HIV and AIDS, and we saw how HIV and AIDS, as well as other sexually transmitted diseases, disproportionately impacted women around the world because of their social status and social vulnerability. So I think we have to look both at biologic uniqueness of girls and women, but also what are the issues that place girls and women socially at more risk For diseases and um, conditions because of the status that they have within societies. So I think we need to think about all of those things and really look at how do we make sure that girls and women have the opportunity for healthy outcomes, um, you know, wherever they happen to be geographically, wherever they happen to be, you know, in terms of social and economic status, but how do we make sure that girls and women have the opportunity for healthy lives.
1: Helen believes that this is something that we can accomplish.
0: I hope that the future of healthcare, first of all, um, prioritizes looking at people in their whole context, and that we don't just look at whether it's women or men in our society, in um, you know unidimensional ways, and that we think about the many ways in which our health interacts with our societies, with our social status, um, with the other opportunities in our lives, including the economic the economic realities of one's lives, and that we look at healthcare in a way that meets people where they are and, and what their needs are, but look at it in a holistic way. You know, um, we can't separate healthcare from childcare. Um, you know, uh, women are more able to to think about their health when they know that their children are taken care of. And, you know, so we need to make sure that we're thinking about the many and the multiple dimensions that really frame someone's health status and that we think about meeting people where they are and what their needs are in a more holistic way than just whether or not they have access to healthcare. Are we looking at all the things that actually determine people's health status and thinking about that in a holistic way.
1: If we are to provide better healthcare to women, we must implement some changes.
0: If you're a working mother and health services are only available from nine to five, you're not going to get to your routine care. Can we make sure that there are health services that are accessible during the times that people need them? And again, if you're a mother with, with children, is there availability for child care? Are there ways in which you can make sure that looking at the multiple needs and the multiple roles that women play, that the health system is, is keeping those things in mind? So I think when we think about health services, you know, we think about accessibility in terms of putting health clinics in in certain neighborhoods. But it's more than just where are clinics located. It's what services do they give in addition? Um, You know, what are the hours? Who are the caregivers? Are the caregivers people who are able to relate to the population that they're serving? Do they understand the needs? Do they understand the culture? So I think all those things are important when we think about just the provision of health care and how it's, you know, actually responsive to the needs of of women, but, you know, more broadly, how it's responsible to the need, particularly of people who um, are disproportionately impacted by poor health.
1: If you care about this issue, Helene has some advice for you.
0: I think everybody, first of all, can be informed. You know, know what your risks are, know what health issues may be, And then spread that information to others. You know, we all um, are more likely to listen to the advice of somebody who, you know, you feel cares about you as an individual. So, you know, tell your friends, um, you know, take friends to clinics when they're afraid of going to their appointments, Um, spread information, you know, be an ambassador for why we all need to take care of our own health and our own health needs, and particularly from a prevention standpoint. Uh, So often people really think about health when they're ill or when they've had a catastrophic issue. But how are we thinking about how we prevent ourselves from getting ill in the first place? How are we thinking about how we're taking care of ourselves, our own self-care, so I just think thinking about those things and being an ambassador um, and talking to your friends about it is a critical way in which all of us can help to reduce um, illness and death and, and preventable causes of, of disease for, within our friends and within our communities.
1: For Helene, providing fair opportunities to women will lead to a better society.
0: I think that if we really think about what does it take to change our world and to give everyone the opportunity that allows them to fulfill their potential, that is where we are going to see the most progress. So I think that you know equity uh, of opportunity equals progress for our world um, by creating a more just and a more fair society. Um, and one that um, recognizes people's individual potential and contributions. We'll be a better world when people, uh, women, groups that have been historically left behind and marginalized, I think when everybody has the opportunity to realize their full potential, that's when we get the best that there is in our world.
1: that Helene's story inspired you to be in charge of the change you want to see. This episode is produced in collaboration with Organon. Organon is a global healthcare company dedicated to making a world of difference for women, their families, and the communities they care for. If you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, World Women in Charge. Your support will help us reach more listeners. For more updates, you can follow World Women Foundation on Twitter and Instagram at World Woman Fund and LinkedIn at World Women Foundation. That's it for today. We hope to catch you all in our next episode.